0: BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. So how have you
1: been? Ugh, it's like life keeps punching me in the face every single week. It's not good. No, it's not like I've had truck repair after truck repair after truck repair then my computer dies my watch dies my bike gets stolen like i just want it all to be over
0: that doesn't sound fun at all
1: no it hasn't been a fun couple of months yeah
0: thanks well hopefully it gets better from here i mean you know
1: yeah i'm hoping i win this powerball tomorrow (laughs) don't we all i know right
0: I keep seeing that, and I'm like, I normally don't play, but
1: uh. right, same. Like, I I have a limit. Like, it has to get up to like 700 million before I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I maybe. can throw my hat in,
0: because <laughs> you know, you can't win <laughs> if you don't play.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't need it if it's only like 100 mil. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, just not worth wasting the money at that point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's it at now, like nine something?
1: Oh, it's over a billion.
0: Oh, is it over a billion now? Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: I'd say I really haven't, I mean, I kind of went to town today, but it was just, I don't know if you'd call it town, but it's just a little area with, you know, yeah. So we went to a wine tasting.
1: It
0: was a wine tasting. Yeah. But it was like a little, it reminded me, I don't know if you've ever been to Key West. But that's what this little town, no. reminded, this little area reminded me, it was just a bunch of like five or six block radius with a bunch of little shops.
1: Right. Okay. So,
0: but, but it's only, it's about 15, 20 miles away. So that's the other okay. thing. We're still trying to get used to where we're at. Cause we're normally, we've always been like kind of out in the woods, but still close to town. Right. Like most of our lives. And right now we're not, we're what the closest town to us. Is probably 10, 15 miles.
1: Wow! And it's, okay, and it's just like
0: a little itty bitty town that like, but there's like, it's really weird in Texas. They have a lot of like little groceries, like not grocery stores, but little like convenience stores.
1: Okay, so like bodegas.
0: All, kind of, yeah, like all of them. Okay, the place. so okay, in between here in town, there's probably like four or five of those. So we could hit those if you just need something quick. But I mean, if you need actual like food to make, it's, and even then the town that's close to us, it's it's actually called cut and shoot, but the name of the town is cut and shoot. (laughs) I'm like, really? But, but that's just, there's not even really a grocery store there. The closest grocery store is probably 20 miles.
1: Wow. I don't know how you do it. I have a grocery store at the end of my street. The city of Boston prides itself on having like a legitimate grocery store in every single neighborhood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're out there a little ways and it's gorgeous though. I mean, I love it. I mean, my backyard right now, because there's no other houses up here yet. It's just woods.
1: That's awesome.
0: You know, and it's, it's gorgeous. So yeah, we're loving it so far. We did have to buy a new car because I needed something with better gas mileage. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm driving almost 60 miles each way to work. Wow. But it's an hour drive.
1: No. Well, yeah, because there's nothing between. You don't well, have to stop for anything.
0: <laughs> and they know how to make freeways here. And like where I grew, you know, Washington, it's like every freeway goes to the middle of town. Yeah, I actually have the freeways. We can I can go I go. It would be probably a 40 mile drive, but I go a little out of the way to go around Houston because I'm actually okay. I ignore, I'm northeast of houston and my job southwest of houston oh, okay so i drive all the way around it
1: okay so you're like way down there no okay no. you're not gonna have to deal with the winter ever again
0: no not at
1: all
0: <laughs> it's like today i think it's 92
1: <laughs> that is a huge difference
0: mm-hmm yeah Because one of my friends posted this morning that he was sitting on his porch with his wife and it was 41 degrees in Seattle. And I'm like, no, no, thank you.
1: (laughs) I would prefer the 41 degrees than the 92.
0: For years, I would have. But actually, recently, I've been getting more and more. And like the 92, we were out walking around today in town, no problem. So you you did, you've done a lot since last time we talked. I've done a lot. It has been a while. Yeah, because with my move and everything else, it's just, you know, things kept getting in the way. And yeah, so it's been you've done a lot.
1: Yeah, we, let's see. We talked after toughest. Mm-hmm. Then I did Savage. How was and that? Savage was good. I um, want
0: wanted to do one. That. I thought about it. Dallas is
1: next weekend.
0: Yes, next weekend. But the problem is I'm doing the ultra.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: Which is like the weekend. I, it's not, I don't think it's the weekend after. It's two weeks after. Two weeks still, later. Yeah. It's like I'm supposed to the ultra with more heart than scars taking, a you know, an athlete through on the ultra. And then like two weeks after that, I go back to Dallas and do World's Toughest.
1: So I would say if you wanted to do Savage, I Savage isn't going to destroy your ultra. Um, obviously, it's the fact of getting to Dallas. Um, which is probably the toughest part but you know if you were to get up there I would say just do multiple laps to get some good mileage and then go into your taper right from that Um, but yeah having every two weeks being in Dallas for the next month or so that's a lot it is
0: and I mean it's one of those things a lot of people forget like they're like oh but you're in Texas I'm like yes but Texas is huge yeah
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. See, like me in Boston, I was able to drive up to the lakes region in New Hampshire on Friday and somebody was like, oh, are you going to Syracuse tomorrow, meaning Saturday? And I was like, no, I think that might be a little too far. But like in in any given day, I'd be like, yeah, I have no problem driving from like Boston to like Syracuse, Buffalo, like hearing you're in Texas. It's like, okay. I'm technically probably closer to a lot of things than you are Mm -hmm. in relation to Texas and New England.
0: Oh, yeah. I was like, one of my, one of my friends was talking about another uh, podcast I do about like Scotland and, you know, Loch Ness Monster. And we're talking about like, in comparison, the United Kingdom would fit in the state of Texas. Oh, yeah. You know, and and I never thought of it that way, like. The state of Texas is bigger than the entire like England, Scottish Scotland, and Ireland put together. Yeah, so it's yeah. huge. But yeah, Dallas, I think, is three hours, and it's just three weekends in a row. And it's not one like three hours is just at that point where to drive, run, come back in a day is just too much.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. Three hours from here would be like going to Killington. Yeah. So, I mean, I've done it. I have gone up to Killington for a day and turned around and come back at night. Yeah. Um, It's not fun.
0: No. And I mean, I've done it. I did it when, you know, uh, Spartan, when I was in, you know, Washington, when they had the Mm -hmm. the Portland Sprint or the Northwest Sprint is what it was originally called. I would occasionally, if I needed to, there was a couple of times I did it where I drove down in the morning, did the sprint, got back in the car and drove back afterwards. Yeah but that's a sprint you know and this like you know i feel savage would be a little more because i'm not gonna do one lap i'm gonna do multiples if i can and then you know the ultra is definitely more than a sprint
1: definitely um i mean with savage their full savage is probably about five to six miles and then if you do the blitz on top that's like three so it's like An old school Spartan Super.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, but I think yeah, three weeks and you know every other week going to. Yeah. Dallas is a bit much. I mean, eventually we'll get there. And one thing is too is I did find out that Spartan just announced that Houston is getting a trifecta, which is funny that I looked it up. It's still two hours from here.
1: Really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So nowhere near Houston.
0: No, yeah, but that's normal i mean i yeah. remember when vegas yeah. was you know two two and a half hours it was yeah. closer to stay in utah than it was in vegas to go to the vegas race right or as we called it vegasona yeah it was vegas but it was really in, in arizona because everyone always makes fun because i want to do like at least a 5k in every state yep and i don't consider that i've ever done a race in vegas or in nevada
1: <laughs>
0: and Everyone's like but you've done vegas and i'm like yes but vegas was in arizona
1: should have gone to World's Toughest mutter.
0: I should have. I should have. But wow. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's definitely one of those those weird things. I did do six more states on my 5K on the drive here.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: Yeah. I got six more states in on 5Ks. I stopped in Idaho, Colorado, Wyoming, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. And there's okay. one more in there. So, I'm missing one. I don't remember what the other one was. But there were six.
1: Now, are these official 5Ks or?
0: They were virtuals. Okay. No, they they were virtuals, but I want to do like an official one eventually, but it was just right. kind of like, but yeah, I just stopped and it was, we did, I would pull over in a park. One of them I actually pulled over, it was like a picnic area and just ran laps.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like a
0: 5K. So I did a, a virtual 5K in six different places. That's awesome. A couple of them, one of them was, but I did 3 Three on Saturday, two on Sunday, and then finish the last one Monday morning. Oh, awesome! So the Monday was Oklahoma.
1: Okay. Good.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to get some more running in, but it's been tough with the workout. The they're moving. Um, so I figure that's enough of a workout lifting most of those boxes. But and yeah. then my new job, I usually end each day with eight thousand or more steps from Oof. walking the warehouse okay yeah oh, and make sure you get up every hour and go walk
1: good that's very good
0: no so you did since we've talked you did you know survivor or not survivor what was it i just said it god my brain is not working.
1: i don't blame you mine is not either
0: <laughs> it's been yeah but so you did a couple then you did what was the other one you did Killington, didn't you
1: So I did, after Savage, I went out and I ran Spartan, New England, or Boston, or wherever, which was at the exact same venue as Savage. But somehow, they didn't utilize the same trails at all, which was phenomenal.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, Savage had still left some obstacles behind. But we didn't actually go really anywhere near where Savage had put their race with the exception of the first mile. So it really was great to see um, Spartan back at that venue and that they were able to just explore. So that was a great venue, great weekend. It wasn't hard. I think at least with how Spartan sets up their races, I don't understand how they don't build up to like their big races in terms of like location they're like oh well because Killington is so hard we want the other races in New England to be not as challenging so you know people have variety it's like but the people that are going to go and race Killington are looking to train for Killington this race is One month before, why would you not go and seek out some kind of elevation somewhere? You know, giving us a race of 200 feet of elevation when Killington is going to be 6,500. Yeah. Um, That's, it's not doing your customers any favors. Um, So again, like I love the venue that they were at. It's an OG venue. It's where I ran my first like, mud run spartan um so it was great to be back and it you know i'm extra spoiled because it's like one town over from where my parents live so i can just go stay with them drive down super simple um but it's in no way challenging or nor does it prepare anybody for killington
0: and that's been one of my biggest issues with some of the races there's some that's like you have the ones you know killington And I always heard, you know, I've done Montana. And everyone always considers Montana one of the tougher ones. And then you get other ones like Seattle where it was flat. Right. Flat, flat. And I'm thinking we're in Washington, western Washington. That's known for its hills and its mountains. And you found the flattest place. Mm -hmm. I'm like, really? You know, and that's one of the things too, like here in Texas. I came here and it was so funny. I went and did a couple of rides with a good friend of mine who lives down here her and she's like oh let's go do some rides so we can train and you know you can get used to because I finally had my my good bike fit to me good and we went for a ride and she's like oh we're gonna go to this place Says it's there's some hills so you know it's, it's hilly it's good for training and I'm looking at it like that's not a hell."
1: Like <laughs> right
0: like that's a bump and she's like that's right she's like I've been to Seattle I know what you consider a hell. yeah this isn't a hell like yeah but it's good for training but it is but still and that's the hard part because i got my bike finally fit but i'm not used to arrow so i'm trying to get more used to riding an arrow which is so different yeah so but yeah i know it's one of those things i've always wanted to do, you know kellington but that's what i've heard is if you don't train for elevation you're hosed and i can see yeah. where people from like here there's nowhere to train for elevation
1: right And I mean, it's just baffling to me to hear people from, you know, Texas and Florida going to races like a Killington and they just get completely smacked in the face because, you know, the first climb is more than they would ever see running across their entire state. And, you know, you hear people when you're out on Killington during the first climb going, is this the death march? And it's like, no, this isn't. You'll know when you hit the death march. It like, we don't mean to, you know, scare anybody, but the death march is the easiest climb you'll see at Killington because you know exactly what you're going to expect. It is one straight mile to the top. You don't stop climbing. You look up, you might see some false peaks where you know you can't see anybody anymore but then it just keeps going up and Mm -hmm. it's like the hardest parts of killington are the climbing and the descending off the death march because all of the you know technical terrain the rocks the roots you know you have horrible you know percentages going uphill and downhill and if you're not actually trained to go up at these steep grades, your body is going to be a mess. And that's what we were seeing. Um, I found it really fascinating. If you look at the results from the North American championships in age group, because it was that that age group championship race, if you compare the results of those to the national series for age group some of the guys and girls who competed in the national series didn't necessarily do as good as they had hoped and it's Mm -hmm. because when spartan goes and puts their national series on the exact same venues every single year you're not getting the same you know Technical terrain, you're not getting the same grades. Yeah, Utah is hard. Nobody Mm -hmm. is going to sit here and say Utah is a cakewalk, but Utah technical terrain versus Killington technical terrain, totally different. I remember running Utah and it was, you know, it was a, a solid grade, but it was a gradual incline all the way up. the top and the last time i ran utah was the super for the national series out in like 2019 or something so it's been Mm -hmm. a little bit but at that race you went uphill for four miles you went downhill for four miles and you know west coast elevation is a lot of switchbacks you're not going straight up to the top of the mountain but east coast you go straight up to the top of the mountain so when people are seeking out more of these national series races, they're not getting the same kind of elevation that you're going to see out here in Killington. And it really messed some people up this year.
0: I could definitely see that. Cause that was like the one thing you would see a lot of times with Montana. Yeah. When you do Montana, Montana's like that Where usually. And I, I agree on the West coast, most places, like when I do Sisu and stuff like that, when you go up a hill, It's switchbacks back and forth. You're not just trudging straight up a hill. And that's how Montana is. It's just trudging straight up a hill. I remember one year they had to cut the sandbag in half partway through because people were just dropping the sandbags and giving up because they made it. It was, I think, almost a half a mile with a sandbag straight up the side of a hill and you just kept going.
1: That's exactly how it was in Killington. It was on the half pipe. You should get go to the bottom, and you go all the way up, around, and come on back down, and it was so incredibly steep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what people aren't used to. They're used to that switchback. So yeah. when all of a sudden you have those straight, just trudges straight up, you know, it's like there was always a hill in Montana that we always called the Fu Steve Hill, because Steve Hammond was the one who originally, like the first couple years, was the, the you know the race director that you know designed the course, and there was no point to this hill yeah you went straight up this hill forever and there was like two different spots that there was false you know peak mm-hmm. you're like oh it's almost there and then it just flattened for like 20 feet and then started going right back up again yep and we call it the Fu Steep steve hill because you can get it pretty much what we mean by that but you got yep. to the top of the hill and you just went right back down the other side
1: Oh, yeah. That's exactly how it was with Killington. You go up, you go down, you go up, Mm -hmm. you go down. And like the mile 10 climb was arguably the worst of the climbs. And it's when, you know, you had just come down, you came around, you go through where typically you would, you went like over this little bridge thing where the death marchers climb underneath and and you pass over the people that are going to the death march. And you're saying, you know, have, have a good march. And they're like, is that what this is? Yes, you're about to death march. And then we turn the corner and then it's, oh, we are going straight back up again. And there was on that climb, finally, a little bit of technical climbing as well. So it wasn't just a straight up, but because we were so used to straight up, straight down, once we saw that technical stuff, people are like, holy hell, how are we supposed to do this? This is so hard. Um, It definitely got a lot of people, but I walked away from Killington and I said, that was the easiest Killington course I've ran to date. It was 6,500 feet of elevation. Yeah, probably more elevation than most of the races that I've ran out there. And again, I haven't ran Killington since 2019, Um, but it, Like there was much more runnable terrain. I was able to run all of the descents. There were spots where you could actually run, you know, whether it was like access roads or smaller flat sections. Yeah, you'd go up, down, up, down. There were just a little bits of around that you could run or lesser grade as you're continuing up. And, you know, I tell my clients, Run when you can at Killington, and mm-hmm. so to myself, I was thinking, "Can I run right now? Yeah, I can run right now." Uh, so I would run, but the, so many people underestimate what Killington is, and it just completely destroyed them.
0: I could see that because I, I think you made a good point. The last time you did Killington was 2019. Ever since, but I started in 15. Hmm. And I get what they're doing. I get what the whole idea of trying to, you know, make everything the same, but I do miss the old it's 13 plus. Yeah. So you didn't know. I mean, the first race I ever did, you know, I think we've talked about this was Montana in 2015. I did the beast because as I said before, I don't do research and didn't realize what a beast was, Um, (laughs) but I kept seeing the 13 plus and I'm like, well, I've done a half marathon 13 is fine. Well, that beast was what they called the Founders Race. Yeah, they don't the even do anymore. Race. Yep. And I have that that special medal from doing a Founders Race. But it was, I think, depending on who you ask, you know, of course, as always, with the the distance, it's anywhere between twenty and twenty four miles. Was that yeah. beast? And it was. I wow. saw obstacles I've never seen before, never seen again. You know, stuff they they threw everything at us at that race, but you'll never see that again. Yeah. It's going to be 13 to 14 miles every race.
1: And coming off of Killington, you know, I did cross the finish line and a staffer said, how was it? And I said, that was the easiest race I've ever ran at Killington. Mm-hmm. And it, it breaks my heart to not see the swim, to not see the Tarzan swing. Yeah, they had Ape Hanger. One, Ape Hanger is a Palmerton signature obstacle. I don't care if you know people are loving seeing it elsewhere there is an allure to palmerton ape hanger the palmerton ape hanger is always going to be the toughest of the a hangers ape hanger is the treat for you to go and embrace the suck at palmerton mm-hmm. if i don't have to go and climb that mountain in 100 plus degree weather i i I shouldn't get the joy of trying the a-panger. That's just my opinion. Come at me if you want. I believe the a-panger needs to stay at Palmerton. It doesn't have the same allure on any random Spartan course at this point, especially when they're as they're still trying to figure out and fumble through is there a rope or not? How far apart are the rungs on the ladder, monkey bar thing? I mean, it they haven't figured it out. Yes. Yeah. The Killington one was probably the hardest you'll see outside of Palmerton, but it's not the same ape hanger that you see in Palmerton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I crossed that finish line and the staff member said, how was it? And I said, that was the easiest Killington I've ever ran. I have never ran so much at Killington. And he turned to me and said, can you please tell Joe that? please. And he pointed behind me and said, Joe is right behind you. I beg of you just tell that to Joe. So I turned around and I said, Hey, Joe, remember me? I was the boxing coach for your kids. Oh, Hey, how's it going? How was the race? It's like, that was the easiest Killington I've ever ran said, we need to get back to K one because we need the swim. We need the Tarzan swing. Oh, that's the plan. That's the plan. I don't believe what he says at all we're still waiting for the gladiators to come back we haven't seen these wolves so i am not buying this whole joe saying we're getting back to k1 we're gonna go swim we're gonna tarzan swing but i needed to tell him that but you know what he told me or what he said to me as soon as i said that was the easiest killington course he pointed behind me and said okay well Go do an extra lap then. And they had a long loop up and down the mountain after the race. He is now doing this whole extra mile thing. Would you go the extra mile after the race? One. So New England was the first race I ran this year. Did they start Armageddon before that? I don't know. I don't think so. Armageddon is before the race.
0: What's Armageddon? I don't think I've seen it because I haven't done Spartan at all this year.
1: It's a barbed wire crawl before you go over the start line or the starting wall to get into the corral. So you have to barbed wire crawl and then jump the wall into the starting corral. Then you race, you finish the race, and then you can go and climb the mountain again after you finish. I don't know about you, but to me, when I'm racing, I'm worried about what's between the start line and the finish line. Yeah. If you want to improve your race, don't worry about what's before the start line. What's after the finish line, make the race harder on the course. I turned to him and I said, no, thank you. He said, but you just said it was the easiest killing to date. I said, yeah. And I also bombed all of those downhills because it was so easy. I just put my effort in on the course. I don't need to put an effort in after I'm done. I don't need to go and climb a mountain again, just to earn a little pin. If you expect me to put in more of an effort, put that on the course. Don't worry about it after the course is done.
0: Well, and that's, I don't know. It's been one of the things that I've been having issues with, with them as it seems. It's getting, we started this because it was hard.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: And it's not.
1: Right, exactly. It's not hard. No. The, the things that they're making hard, they don't need to make hard. We don't need rock grips on stairway to Sparta. We don't need a slick surface on the Olympus. We don't need a circle around the spear throw target. These are obstacles that were already plenty challenging for majority of the people. Mm-hmm you're making things harder for no reason. They're, it's like, it's not requiring extra skill. No. I beat Olympus at Killington because the first two, three boards were the typical plywood. And then by the time it switched to the slick surface, I had enough momentum that I could keep going. But people see the slick surface and one of the things they think is I'm just going to go take the penalty loop. This slick surface is not worth it to me. I don't need to face plan into this wall. My feet yep. can't stay on. What? Where is the skill in that? Yeah, if you fight enough with your upper body, you can stay on. You're not getting anything from your legs out of it. I promise you, if you look back at just the tip, what the original type of obstacle before Olympus came in, it was a plywood. You used your feet and your arms together. Olympus, mm-hmm. you can't use your feet anymore. No. Stairway to Sparta. Supposedly they have ones that have like the red step on some of them, but for somebody like me, five foot two, you have a slick surface where normally I would run, jump and grab, and I would push off from the wall with that slick surface. I can't push off from the wall I'm too short to stand and grab the rock climbing grips. I, If I jump and try to grab the rock climbing grips, it's hit or miss at best. But I'm not about to tear my hands because I try to jump and grab a rock climbing grip and my hand slips off. I mm-hmm. could nail it no problem when it was plywood. Yeah. It's not worth the energy expenditure when the penalty loops are so easy anyways
0: yeah it, it's true i mean that's one of the biggest things that you know we've had the argument we won't go into the the, the mandatory completion that it should be because we both have had this yeah. this discussion we, we we agree but i i the idea with like the ape hangers and stuff like that i think i mean if you wanted you know the whole idea is to get it, you know so supposedly a million people off the couch blah 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 we all know it's about money and dollar signs if you really wanted to what they should do to get people like us to go to other venues make a specific obstacle that you only see at one venue yeah exactly all of a sudden I'm like oh because that's why I want to go to places like where the ape hanger was because I've always wanted to go there because I want to do the ape hanger but now it's like oh well now it's at Killington who knows when it's going to be at somewhere else it won't be the same one but still an air paper you know and that's what i think they should have a different like okay you want to see this obstacle you have to go to this course
1: yeah palmerton killington they had their signature obstacles mm-hmm. you go to uh, last time i raced over in the uk and granted it's been a little while but they had signature obstacles that you'd only see in the uk like yeah. they, that exclusivity is going to pull more people off the couch. I don't need to run the same race only in a different location. I've Mm -hmm. done that. I put my time in. I collected my little trifectas. They mean nothing at this point because the race isn't changing. I'm not sitting here saying, oh my gosh, do you know what I did to earn this beast medal? Well, I did the same thing that I did at this venue, only maybe there was a little bit more elevation or maybe the terrain was a little bit more technical.
0: Hmm, and that's one of the biggest issues. So, I i that was one of the things when I did Hawaii the very first time. They had mm-hmm. obstacles at the, the the venue that were just there and have were there the whole time, and they were ones I'd never seen before. You know, and different than other places. But then by the time the last time I was in Hawaii, which didn't even do it this year, um, the last time I was there, it was just the same obstacles we see everywhere else.
1: Well, they canceled Hawaii this year. Yeah. So nobody went. But yeah, yeah. um. You know, they released the OCRWC map literally the same day this whole news came out about the OCRWC Spartan merger thing. But I looked at that map and said, there is nothing new here. You only have 2,200 feet of elevation. Last year in Stratton, we had four to 5,000. Mammoth is supposed to be a bigger mountain. So... You're not giving us elevation. You're not giving us any new obstacles. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Spartan is taking over and you have a dunk wall now before mile four when the temperatures are going to be super cold in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, let's go through a dunk wall and then stand around and have to fight for obstacles for a couple of hours. Hypothermia, that's Spartan's favorite obstacle. Like... I, when I heard about the Spartan buyout, it was probably May. And I didn't tell anybody because, you know, I can keep a secret from time to time. But I hadn't paid for my flights yet. I had paid for the race, but I was thinking, you know, maybe I just eat the cost of the race. I don't want to go out to it. Already, Mammoth is impossible to get to. There is no easy travel out there then Spartans taking over so we know they're gonna tank this like what am I doing? I hate it racing at altitude. Why am I doing this? But I was able to find reasonable travel thankfully and I'm gonna go and I am gonna race it and I'm gonna you know I'm going in optimistic saying maybe this is going to be okay. But seeing that map, it's the same shit, different day. Sorry, I swore. Um, okay. <laughs> but okay. like, what are we going to see? Are we going to have to go through a barbed wire crawl at the start line and an extra mile at the finish line? Because I don't want it. I want that difficulty on course.
0: Yeah. And that's it. I mean, it's for the first couple of years I did Spartan. And one of the things that was huge, I love Spartan. Um but there was something different almost every year you would go and there'd be some new obstacle you'd never seen before There'd be some new thing yeah. was innovation and in the last couple of years i mean you can blame COVID, you can blame whatever you can blame whatever you want but
1: i blame joe
0: yeah i do too but <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of years there's been no innovation it's been the same obstacles we haven't seen new ones um and like you said i'm doing the same race here that i did there just with a little bit different terrain. Yeah. And like I said, the only reason I'm doing even the ones that I'm doing this year is because I'm doing them with more heart than scars and I'm helping somebody go through them. And when- if it wasn't for that, I had no intention of doing any Spartans this year.
1: Yeah. I only raced the New England and Killington weekend because I was teaching the obstacle specialist course. Mm-hmm. Um, And oh, I can I can rant on that too. but. I might, I mean, I will be at Fenway. I don't know if I'm racing or not because it's a week after World's Toughest Mudder, but I'm going because it's in my neighborhood. It's right down the street. Yeah, I don't get to wake up in my own bed and go race very often, so I'm going to. But when something like Killington loses its allure, when it no longer feels like, that authentic Spartan, there's a problem. And Mm -hmm. it did not feel like that at all. They started us in such a bad spot on the mountain. The only things you could see from the festival area was the start and the finish line. They would take off, go run 13 miles, come back. You would see the horrendous sandbag carry Then they would go into the, you know, gauntlet to finish out the race. What kind of spectator, particularly a spectator for the ultra is Mm -hmm. going to pay 20, $25 to spend 8, 10, 12, 14 hours in that festival area when all they can see of their runner is them starting and them finishing. Mm -hmm. There wasn't an easy access to K-1 to get over by where the death march is. If you got there, the only obstacles you could see were like armor. Like nobody wants to see that. Then if again, if you got over there, you could take the gondola up to the top of the death march. But because you couldn't get there from the festival area. You didn't have people sitting at the top of the death march cheering you on quite like they used to. There used to be the New England Spartans up there handing out brownies, cookies, candy. They would have nips with Fireball, Jameson. It was a giant party at the top of the death march as people are coming up thinking they couldn't make it another step. And you were hugging them, giving them treats, alcohol, whatever they wanted because they made it up the death march and when you don't get that where is the fun of killington it's definitely not down at the swim in the tarzan swing like it used to it was not a spectator friendly course there was no fun to be had on it it was just a suffer fest where you know you had to make your own fun yeah there wasn't Family, friends, anybody there cheering you on because they could not get to where you were. And that was a big misstep by Spartan.
0: Sounds like it. And and that's been, I mean, that's what's always killed me. You have to pay to be a spectator to walk in. Yeah. You know, and luckily for me for years, because I was part of, you know, the street team and everything else for a long time that usually my wife could just get in because I was part of the street team. Right. So I would get a a pass so she could get in. But now it's like, I'm not paying 20 bucks, 25 bucks, whatever it is now. I don't even know what it is. So she could go in there and not see anything.
1: Right. Exactly. What? So she can go and hang out with the vendors? Yeah. She can walk around and talk to Ford or insert sponsor here. Like oh, you can probably get a free energy drink. Yay, it's worth the $20. Um, It's so bad. And that's why I had such a big problem with teaching the obstacle specialist course as well, because we meet right there at the festival area. And from there, you just go straight up. There's no gondola to take you to the top of the mountain. I walked in that morning and they said, I'm gonna be honest with you. None of the obstacles are ready for you. Said, "What do you mean?" Like, you can maybe get uh, this up. Op- you can maybe do a crawl. You can do the Atlas ball. I think maybe the car, the A-frame, is gonna be ready by the time you get there. I can fill the dunk wall for you. I'm like, I need. The spear. Oh, well, the spear's done, but you can only use one lane. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I have 15 participants. Let's, let's go up to the spear and only use one lane. We had to hike to get to all of the obstacles. The first question I asked is, is there a gondola to get us up there? Because we have people running the ultra. We have people running the beast tomorrow they can't kill their legs but we need to go see some obstacles oh no there's no gondola okay if i drive to k1 oh no there's no gondola you can go to k1 it's got the armor you can teach them how to do the armor but you, the gondola's out like so these people are paying 150 plus dollars to get on course to try out these obstacles and you don't have anything ready they're gonna have to hike the entire course to see the obstacles that they want to see you're not giving them any accessibility to this and oh yeah i'm gonna have to kill a couple hours of our time just to buy enough time for you to finish the obstacles that we can walk to like spartan is sitting here threatening to cancel all of their obstacle specialist courses because people don't sign up. I had 15 people sign up. That is Mm -hmm. one of the larger obstacle specialist courses. And how do you repay them? Oh, you can't get on any obstacles. You have to, you have to hike a couple thousand feet of elevation just to get to the sprint obstacles. Don't expect to get to the beast obstacles unless you climb You're going to have to go the full 6,000 feet of elevation just to get up to the beast obstacles, but have at it.
0: Which is going to be one of those things. Those people are never going to sign up for it again. Yeah. And then whenever they're on any Facebook group or anything like that, which, you know, Spartan pushes their Facebook groups, someone's going to ask about it. Oh, hey, is this worth it? And they're going to be like, no, this is the stupidest thing ever.
1: Yeah. The race director doesn't have or the i don't want to blame the race director if the build crew doesn't have the obstacles built in time they don't have accessibility for you to get out onto the course blah 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 i will say i heard they didn't have very many people on their build crew cuz people didn't show up to work they only had like two or three people to build the festival area on friday before the race like these problems are deeper than what we're seeing the these problems are with spartan staff people don't want to work for spartan right now we have to start thinking and asking why what is going on that spartan can't get the build crew to build the obstacles they need and if they can't get the staff to build killington a championship race why the hell are they spending money on obstacle course racing world championships?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, and it's one of those things because normally they, you know, it's they re- rely on the the volunteers. Yeah. In many ways, and right now nobody wants to volunteer because of the way they have treated the volunteers. Yeah. I mean, to get a free race, it used to be like eight hours. Mm-hmm. Now it's twelve, and then they'll do whatever they do to try and convince you to stay even longer. Yeah. And most of the time they don't treat them very well. We used to, I remember when I first volunteered, we got free food. Yeah. Now you're lucky if you get a squished sandwich.
1: Oh yeah. They, most of the time they won't come around and check on you.
0: No, you don't get a swish, you, you might get a squished sandwich. I have friends, it was a couple of years ago, who almost missed their race because they were going to race the afternoon race. And because they had no one to replace them, they just didn't send anyone. never sent anyone else to go get them. Yeah. So they almost they ended up leaving like an hour after the last group because they're like, we volunteered so we could do this, so we're going anyway. You know, and it's one of those things, and it's the way they've treated. Like I said, I used to, and I won't go into why, but I used to be street team, I'll never be part of that team again. Never be part of my yeah. ambassador, never any of it because of the way that they treated me and others. And there will yeah. be never. You yeah. know, and when I brought it up to higher ups in Spartan, they're like, hmm. that's all I got.
1: I I will say it until I'm blue in the face. The best thing that ever happened to Spartan was Joe going on sabbatical in Asia. The worst thing that ever happened to Spartan was Joe coming back. As soon as he came Mm -hmm. back, Spartan took a nosedive and it is continuing on its downward spiral. I don't, I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't see Spartan turn their luck around as long as Joe has decision-making powers. When Um, I first got in with Spartan, the person I knew said, Joe is only in this so he can build it up and sell it off to the highest bidder. And as soon as he came back from Asia, he tried to make all of these changes and this is where we're at now. Joe needs to sell the company to somebody who's actually wants to build a race brand. We can't afford to have Joe be the face of this company anymore. Cause he keeps putting his foot in his mouth and we can't afford for him to have decision-making powers because he continues to tank the value.
0: It mm-hmm. is. And like I said, the, the higher ups do not care about how people are treated. Yeah. No. Is that when I like I said when I brought up all my issues, it was just like,
1: eh. I'm
0: like, okay. And that's why I will not, I will never pay for a smart race again. I will like I and the last ones I did last year was because that's the the last three races I had left this year. Like I said, I'll run with more heart than scars, but yeah. That's it. I'll do it to help people, but I ain't doing it. I'm yeah. It's, and it's tough to say because you and me both, we were, I loved Spartan. I was a huge part of street team. I was doing three, four trifectas a year. And now I'm like, no.
1: Yeah. They, they don't see their racers as anything other than dollar signs. And I mean, I've talked about it before. They don't care about the returning racers as much as they care about that new racer all they want is your email so they can sell it off to their sponsors mm-hmm. that is the only thing they care about at this point i have asked them time and time again can i write programs specifically to help the middle of the pack the people that are looking to move up from you know open to age group to elite oh no that's not our demographic it is your demographic you sell season passes
0: mm-hmm.
1: You promote trifectas. It is your demographic. The more people that come back, the more people that ring a bell, the more they're going to come back again and they're going to bring a friend, they're going to bring their family, they're going to tell people, you really need to try this. Oh my gosh, I finally beat the ape hanger. You have to come and try this. I need to do it again. I want to keep ringing that bell. But... If you make the bells closer, nobody wants to ring them anymore. No.
0: No. If you make it so everyone can do it, it's not a big thing when anyone does it. Exactly. You know, it's one of those things like when I first started, I was not in great shape. I'm not right now. I'm working on getting back in the shape I was supposed to be. But I loved it. I had a blast. And I was. I would volunteer. I would get extra races. I would convince friends to come with me and give them those races. And I know people that have ended up doing 15, 20 races, just because I convinced him to do one. Yeah. And now they're in the same boat we are, where we're just like, okay, we've done the same thing for years. What, what's next?
1: Yeah. So many people went to OCRWC because they were so sick of Spartan. Now Spartan buys them and people are like, well, what now? We We're here because you're not Spartan. Now that you're Spartan, where do you want us to go?
0: And that we're all just
1: getting pushed out.
0: That was running in the their Facebook group. Someone said Why does everyone have such a big problem with this? And I'm like, because some of us were trying to get away from Spartan. And yeah. now Spartan just took another brand. Yeah. That we're gonna have to that we're not gonna want to go do because it is Spartan.
1: Yeah. I'm running World's Toughest Mudder this year and doing the tough mutter endurance series because I told myself I want to try the endurance series once. Mm-hmm. I want to see what World's Toughest Mudder is about. After that. I, I don't know that I'll ever have a desire to do it again or not. I don't like what Joe continues to do with this sport. So I'm going to go right back and race all of the locals. I will spend every weekend out in the Midwest. If I have to, I want to see what, you know, FISO and World Obstacle is going to continue to do with their world championships. I want to see what we're gonna keep doing with you know USA OCR. I want to build the sport. I want to get away from the brands because we even saw Savage this year. They decided we're no longer lacheing. We're not gonna make our rigs hard. It's they are lessening the difficulty and it's like that's not what i'm in this for i loved savage last year because i did see a lache over water i did have to sit and spend 30 minutes on a rig fighting for my band you're not going to give me that anymore i'm going to go elsewhere that will
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and there are brands that are doing it and that's all the locals and those locals are what's going to continue to further build the FISA world obstacle stuff because they are figuring out their format and we're seeing mandatory completion out there. We're seeing racing in a whole different light and Spartan. We don't know what, what's going to come of them trying to work with Spartan. They're more focused on the sport and not the profit.
0: And that's the way it should be. If you, yep, it's a cliche saying, but if you build it, they will come. I mean, it's true. You build the sport to what we want, we will continue to go. Yeah. You keep building it to make it easier and easier. The athletes are going to walk away.
1: Yeah. So many already have. And I asked Joe that through the OCR buddy questions. I Mm -hmm. said, What are you going to do to bring back the trifecta chasers? And the Spartans of you know yesteryears, and he came back with some BS answers, like, "Oh well, we all move on, and we're just trying to rip a thousand or a million people off the couch, and we have nine hundred thousand left to go." And it's like you're not answering the question. We want legitimate answers. We want to know how you're going to continue to promote the sport, how you're going to continue to promote training. We want to see you continue to build a sport without worrying so much on profits. I get it; you're a company, you got to worry about your profits. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should stop destroying your brand, and your profits will increase.
0: Because it's one of those things. Like I have a friend, my friend here, you know, in, in Texas, that I do the races or you know workouts with. The workouts she uses are old. Spartan like probably ones you wrote <laughs> the the Spartan workouts that they would send out all the time yeah. and say hey yeah. here do this yeah. and they don't even do that anymore there's none of that yeah. like hey what do I need to get ready for this right they used to try it was all about how to not just get people in but get them in and keep them and like you said yeah. now it's just he's so worried about well, r- ripping you know a million people off the couch that He doesn't care about the ones I've already, he's already ripped off the couch. So once you step off the couch and you've signed up for a race, you don't matter anymore.
1: Yeah. No, literally that was the title of the email I sent after my first obstacle specialist course. So you've ripped them off the couch. What's next? They're going to go right back to the couch. Mm -hmm. How are you going to stop them? They're not, they don't care. We already got your email.
0: We got your email and we got you to come do one race so we risked another person yeah. on the couch. Doesn't matter that you went back to it.
1: Ford already has your email. We don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It sucks because there, there, there was so much, there was a lot of a lot of potential
1: there. Yeah. You know who I'm not getting spammed by? All of the locals. No. I am a member of USAOCR. you know, who's not spamming me,
0: USAOCR. USA OCR. See, not to me. I do a lot of the locals, at least I didn't in, in Washington, but the problem was, is unfortunately the, the, and I get it. The, the OCR community up there isn't as strong after COVID as it was. And we lost yep. a lot of the locals. Yep. So, and that's one thing I'm trying to find out down, down here in Texas. Like if I want to do triathlons, just about every freaking weekend, I can do a triathlon down here, but
1: I Lone Star there. Spartans.
0: I got to Yes, I got to find them and start looking at you know the races down here. What kind of opposite yeah. course races down here?
1: Grit because I want to start grit, doing locals. Grit Fitness. I know mm-hmm. they're in Dallas. I don't know about Houston, but Grit Fitness.
0: Yeah, because I want to start doing the locals down here and start doing stuff, and you know get back into having fun with it and enjoying it. And I think that's been one of my biggest problems. You know, it's personal, but my biggest problems with a lot of my motivation, I had the issue with Ironman last year, and then Mm -hmm. the injury that I had to work through. And then I just kept using it. It's like, what am I training for? Yeah. I'm not doing Spartans. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not having don't have any urge to do them. And I think, you know, it took mentally a lot from me. And now it's time to, you know, once again, pull my head out of my ass yeah and get my own motivation and do what i need to do so i'm looking at like the new yard figuring out you know exactly how to build what i need laps all that kind of stuff and get back into where i should be
1: good thanks for listening to the beast podcast if you haven't done it yet find us on facebook like and share the podcast give us a review on itunes or spotify All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like
0: to hear.